Hey, I'm Justin Ellie, and we're here to talk about what I've been up to recently, like Leo and Ten Lives and Star Citizen and whatever else Kaya thinks of task. <laughs> Well, Jeff, it's so great to be here in person with you. I mean, this is, yeah, this is, uh, for people who are watching, uh, I have a kayak cam now, so if people are watching <laughs> uh, at home, uh, this has been the first in-person interview since before the pandemic, so, um, and... Two, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's, and to do it with who was my first interview ever on Film Music Media, right. which is fantastic, so... I mean, circle I, of life. I know, circle of life. That was before I had a camera, before I did everything, and it was just me bob bobbing on Facebook to talk about the Pacific. That's what. I was. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was. Was it really? That was the first one. Okay. Yeah. The Pacific. I know we talked about pirates once. Yeah, we talked we about must pirates. We've done this a few times. We've done it. A... I probably wore the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> We've done it plenty of times, so yeah, if you want to learn more about Jeff's old stuff, definitely go back into the Film Music Media archives. But um, to kick it off, I mean, I, I really want to just jump right into Leo, because yeah. Leo is such a fantastic film. Congratulations on such a beautiful, uh, you know, animated film, which is, I think, such a, a you know, treat these days, because, you know, animation's going through some hard times, and uh, mm -hmm. but I think, okay. I think CGI feature films are still doing super well, so, um, and it's... I mean, top the charts with Netflix, and your yes. and soundtrack is doing so well. Thank you. So, I guess, take me back to the beginning. How'd you get involved with yeah, this project? Yeah, wow. Um, you know, it's 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 sort of an old-fashioned story. I get I get a call from my agent. She says, hey, we're going to have, um, have you write a demo if you're interested in this. It's an Adam Sandler, and Rob Smigel wrote it. And yeah. I'm like, wait, these are my SNL heroes. Right. These are... You know, <laughs> I stayed up till one in the morning for those guys, right? And Rob Marionetti and Dave Wachtenheim, those, those are the three directors and Adam produced the movie. Yeah. They did TV Funhouse and like all, all of the animation that I was dying over on, on SNL yeah. in the 90s. And of course, Adam was on-camera talent. In a, and Okay, anyway, so that's an easy phone call to say, yes, I would like to write a demo for this. And they, they sent me... Um, I watched the whole movie, but it was storyboards. So yeah. that's all, obviously it was, that's how it works. There's, it's not animated till the end. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then they pulled out one scene, it's about three minutes, one of the Ms. Malkin scenes when the substitute teacher arrives and said, can you just score that as a demo? And I said, sure, but there's another scene that I got pretty excited about, which is when Leo crawls across the wall, his first escape attempt. And I said, would you mind sending me that one, you know, as a work tape as well? So those are the two scenes that I scored. Um, and funny enough, I came to learn later, my take on uh, Leo's first escape made Adam laugh. Yeah. He thought it was really funny what I did. And I think that was probably the main thing that tipped it over. It was like, okay, he gets, he gets the sensibility here because it was totally ridiculous. Um, and my take on the Malkin cue is largely what you hear in the movie. However the escape sequence is radically different from what I initially wrote. Yeah. Which I always thought was funny because once it got animated and it became, you know, uh, alive, Yeah. It, it looks different, it feels different, and, you know, it shifted around. It's still, you know, a comedic moment. But anyway, that's how I got involved in it. But funny enough, I wrote those demos and because animation is such a long process, yeah. you know, four or five, maybe six months went by and I didn't really hear anything. And I thought, well, you know, I had a good meeting. I said the demo, but you know, they must have, they must have moved in another direction. And then totally out of the blue, without another meeting, I just got a phone call going, you're it. Can you start? And I said, yeah, of course. You know? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was, that was, uh, gosh, I mean, I guess as we were sitting here, it was probably about two years ago when I wrote the demo. That makes sense. I mean, you for know, a film like that, now. yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I remember pitching to them, because uh, this is one of the things that I really firmly believe in animation, especially when it's a musical, like Leo is, yeah. is that the songs and the score need to work together as opposed to being like separate entities. Right. So, so there's not that jarring shift over. So right. yeah. So yeah, were the songs already in place in that on the animatics Largely. With, with scratch dialogue and stuff like that? Or? Yes, that's right. Um, so the songs were written by a separate songwriting team, but mm -hmm. I remember saying, you know, look, you have five or six songs or actually it's more than that, but they're, they're all thematic and they're yeah. great songs. So if I come in and I write, 10 more themes, you got a movie with, you know, it's too much, too much. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so instead what the score has to do is kind of, um, 
you know, wrap that all up into into one kind of like music event. Yeah. Sometimes making, uh, you know, allusions to the songs and other times there are times when the score does have to be on its own action moments or that escape cue that I'm talking about is a, is a one-off or a two-off it happened, you know. <laughs> he tries to escape a few times. <laughs> but the but I guess what I mean is like I it was not me coming in and going, "Okay, we need to, you know, plant a flag and just say like this is the score and these are the songs and never shall the two meet." You yeah. know? Instead, I pitched to them the idea that it all worked together cuz to me, you know, the the best it doesn't even have to be animated mary poppins willy wonka the lion king all come to mind as as great uh score and song combinations and that's what i really wanted this movie to feel like yeah absolutely know? i mean creating that uh, that that weave of, of score and song like is there a, i guess and i mean you've had experience i think working on on stuff in the past so is there like a trick to getting into a song and then coming back out into score without being it i guess to make it seamless is there like a trick yeah. to making it seamless like well are there certain it, notes that you want to pick up from the first notes of the song to kind sometimes. of sometimes yeah I, I mean it is it it's um it's a great deal of what the work goes into you know a great deal of work goes into making that yeah. kind of finessed and and um because i unless you're being ironic or you're trying to make a point of and now we're going to sing, you know, which yeah. can be a funny moment in a movie. I actually prefer that it feel as natural as possible. Yeah. You know, it's part of the 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 uh, suspension of disbelief that we ask of our audience is to just believe in this world. And this yeah. is a world where the fifth graders sing a song. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that they sing their feelings or they think, or the drone has a song or whatever. <laughs> and so these are, you know... This is where a lot of the work went. How do I get into and out of the songs and yeah. have it feel like, you know, a little more like like waves on an ocean, very natural kind yeah. of ins and outs. Um, and when are there moments when I can quote the songs and use it as score? Like you, you see it um, with some. I mean, you'll see it when you watch the film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when when they were, I guess when you had when you got the job and you had those first conversations, yeah. uh, it seems like Adam was responding to how you made a scene really come to life, kind of being comical yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm curious, with animation, what I love about animation is you can get big, you can get yes. silly, you can get, but you can also, I love that Leo also has a lot of heart and a lot of, you know, right. emotion to it. So is there, I'm curious, is there a trick of being, I guess, comical without being, I guess, too over the top? Yeah. Or, and is there a way to be sentimental and emotional without being too schmaltzy? And because I think... Certain animation, right. there needs to be a balance where there does. where you have to hit it just right and not go too mm -hmm. much, and you kind of straddle that line where it can be a little bit melodramatic or kind of you know soft and warm, but right. not right. too you know. So I'm curious, it's, was there a, yeah, was that a challenge for you on Leo? It's like, so true. You have to find the line. You have, sometimes you have to find the line by crossing it, yeah. pulling back. Um, but I, I mean, you've talked to a lot of composers, and I you probably hear this a lot. Comedy is harder. Oh. Than Every, everybody says that it's the hardest thing to do it's and here's why when people say write me some comedy music what's comedic in music you know weird al takes a song you know and changes the lyrics to something silly yeah. right parody or spoof yeah. parody or spoof or, or i'm going to take a heavy metal song and put it on accordion so it's all taking something that is begun as something serious right twisting it and going, ha ha, isn't that funny? Yeah. Do you know, to me, that's not anywhere near as funny as letting the music be like the straight man. So yeah. Leo escapes, and that's a serious like escape cue. It's a spy movie escape cue. You know, yeah. it, it feels like a parody because Leo's moving one inch at a time on the wall, and it's, you know, it's going to take him an hour to get out that window, right. but he thinks he's sprinting. He thinks, and he also thinks this is the most important thing that's happening in the world right now. Yeah, so you the know? music is what's in his head, essentially. Exactly, and it's not comedy music. Yeah. It's like, no, we're, this is like, it, it, it feels comedic because of the contrast with what's happening in the story. Like, yeah. in other words, Leo's the funny bit. Right. I'm not the funny bit. Yeah. You know, and I think, mostly that's what's going on with the music. There's a few times when it's the opposite, you know, yeah. where you just, you know, every once in a while there's low-hanging fruit that we can't resist. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, we, we always called it the torture montage. It's, it's like 10 seconds long, but they're showing, 
what happened to the class pets when the kids are like <laughs> i mean we have smigel and sandler like you're gonna get some uh, on the nose goofiness and absolute silliness like <laughs> yeah there's even a groucho Marx stinger on one thing where that where uh, he uh, squirtle breaks uh breaks the fourth wall looks at the camera does the cigar bit and you know it's uh but that's you know that's it's gonna happen if rob smigel's around he's <laughs> yeah so i mean like talk about because i mean you, yeah you were you mentioned the two robs and, yeah. and dave and uh of course, I grew up the same way, you know, um, you know, Smigel and and yeah. and Triumph on Conan, yeah. and then of course SNL, the, all the stuff they did in SNL. I'm curious, like, what was it like working with three directors, and who were you yeah. reporting to at any given time? Right. <laughs> well, and and in a way, four because Adam also. Yeah, Adam was, was involved, very so, involved. Yeah. So on a like a kind of a day to day, I w- I think we probably zoomed with um, the three directors. Rob, Rob, and David, mm-hmm. once or twice a week. And then when we'd reach some sort of critical mass, when we were all kind of happy with what, whatever we were ready to, then we'd pull Adam in. Because, see, Adam was on tour, and so he'd, yeah. he'd zoom in from a hotel room, or, you know, he, he'd have to review things um, however he could. So he, so we'd try to make it as easy as we could. And, you know, Adam's process is, like, first off, he's making a lot of movies, and he's on tour, and, he, you know, so it's more like let's let's get it in front of him when we are ready to use his time <laughs> yeah, you know what i mean yeah. whereas you know the animators are have much more um kind of a detail oriented process they would yeah. rather you know let's let's try these little things make a lot of little tweaks and kind of fine tune things and especially someone like rob smigel i mean He's a professional comedian. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's like he knows when it's funny, and it really is all about timing. Yeah. And you know, you—it's not just frames. It's like you know, every little beat of the music has got to be in the right, exact right place, yeah. especially when you're trying to land a joke. And so all all that kind of detail work would be done. Then we show it to Adam, and it really was like, if he laughs, the joke works. Yeah. If he doesn't laugh. What's wrong? Let's fix it. He was like you your know? focus group. Right, exactly. Yeah. It yeah. was great. It was actually really great. And he's and he's a joy to work with. And they all are actually. Yeah. But it's there's some part of the joy is in the detail, you know, because yeah. it's like it's another thing about animation. The you're never stuck with the performance that you got on set. Yeah. You, you never have to cut around this or that. Do you know what I mean? If there's a mistake in the footage, you just make new footage. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You just go back to the drawing board. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's it does literally. <laughs> I know there was a lot of that where it's like, how far in should we be on Leo on the wall? You know, yeah. that kind of detail work was always in flux. Um, what color should Squirtle's pee be? Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. The joke's funnier if it's more viscous. Can we get it more viscous? You know, I mean, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not making this up. No. I mean, <laughs> these I, are the I, conversations. I work in animation. I know those conversations. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's all, it's, it's actually really fun. It yeah. took me back to Rango in a way where it was yeah. just as detailed and like, you know, um, I don't know. I think it takes a particular type of person to be able to handle that um, type of detail and not find it irritating yeah. or boring or something, you know, like whenever Gore would get into the woods on something or any of these, you know, I would go, Oh, maybe he's right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, and if you're not leaning into that with interest, I don't see how you can work with um, with you know, on a movie like this. Yeah. So you know, and it's it is funny because like, yeah, you mentioned Conan O'Brien and Rob Smigel and Triumph, and I was an early adopter of the Conan O'Brien show, like a season one. Yeah, I, th- I feel like a lot. Yeah, a lot of like people who didn't really go with Jay Leno or kind of the more traditional humor, which I still love Jay, but like, um, but the, the more offbeat, just crazy, right, right, zany, right. let's see how silly we can actually yes. be. Yeah. It really spoke to me. It also happened to coincide with me being, you know, living in a, in a dormitory in college and getting my first television, yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, we didn't have laptops back then. There, yeah. You know, I, I, so that was a big deal. You had and to wait up till 1230 to see him. Wait up. To, well, yeah, but you're in college. You're yeah. up anyways. And I, I have such fond memories of just sitting there watching Conan O'Brien with Jen, who's now I'm married to, yeah. <laughs> watching Triumph come out and some of the characters. And oh, my God. You know, it, it's it, it. I don't know. It, it still kind of gives me a little 
tingles that I'm yeah. like working with the people that I, you know, and even before that it was SNL when I, I was in high school it was when, when Adam was in the cast and Rob was writing and, the, yeah. and, and Mary and Eddie and walked and I were doing the animation. I know because they were doing, and they, they started their own animation company and that's what Leo was yes. produced with. Like, yeah, because they did Ambitiously Gay Duo, which is probably not, <laughs> not good for TV these days, but like a TV, TV fun house, <laughs> all these other things, it. but it, and it's still hilarious. I still, yeah. I think it's hilarious. It was never offensive or anything, but, and to see them pull together and make something like Leo and your score, I think is such a huge part of it. Thank and you, you mentioned the, the kind of those first, I mean, the, the kind of pitch that you made for it, but when you started writing for the film, do you remember the yeah. first scene that you worked on? Oh, and, see. Um, and what was, I guess, what was the inspiration for those first notes? I always like to like, where, where did the first, yeah. where did you gravitate towards to? Was it a, was it just a storyboard that you really, uh, maybe an expression in Leo's face? Like what kind of pulled that first note out of Right, you? right. Well, okay, so the first thing really was that, that escape sequence, although it's not that music anymore, but when it was written to the storyboards, yeah. even back in the demo phase, it was like, this sequence, just like you're saying, it's absurdist comedy. Right? Yeah, like yeah. The, the gag is, Leo's going to escape. He thinks he's sprinting out the window, and you, you know, we see the clock, <laughs> and you see him get out, and the music kicks in, and it's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then, the next thing you know, there's a long shot, and you see Leo, and he's moving about this fast on the wall, and then cut back to the clock, and it's been 22 <laughs> minutes, and the, you know, and I think like that, that is so funny and yeah. plus he has such an optimism like it is a look on his face he gets closer to that window and it's like oh, yeah i'm gonna yeah. make it yeah, i'm gonna yeah. make it because he's trying to escape and live his life in the everglades right and we're so with him right so yeah. I, I just think i don't know i'm inspired by that in the same like that same uh th this speaks to me uh what's the what's the right word for it like unearned optimism yeah <laughs> is what it is yeah he's like he does not have any reason to think this is going well right right it's very spongebob you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like which and i and that's another you know childhood dream of mine you know yeah. what i mean like i love i love well actually it was an adulthood dream spongebob came later but it's like that's a character that i like for the exact same reason it, do, it doesn't matter he can lose a limb and he's just like all right let's yeah go. he just you know? is overly optimistic no matter right. what yeah yeah right and not, leo isn't always overly optimistic yeah he just has to be motivated right. to get out the right. window or yeah. whatever it is and like, he's is yeah. 74 year old like he's a, a curmudgeon you know he's supposed <laughs> right. to be like kind of old and, and adam he's like, finally yeah. gonna live and i love that i just love that moment so that was a way in then the other, on the flip side of it, Malkin, Ms. Malkin, which is um, the substitute teacher, the, you know, the, the closest thing we have to a villain. Yeah, yeah. Movie, um, who turns out not to actually be a villain. She, I, I liked that character because it's so easy to get the point of view of the kids. Yeah. Because, you know, the, her intro is perfect. She opens the door, but, it, but the door's creaking open. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost like it's going to be a monster movie or something. Right. And, and it's played without music deliberately because it's like the kids are going, oh, God, like they're holding their <laughs> breath. And she comes in and she's as awful as they imagined and maybe even yeah. worse. Like she puts brass knuckles on the table. She takes out a cage with a dead animal that's been, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. this is just the worst substitute, the worst thing that could possibly happen to a class of fifth graders. And that's the doom. And, you know, so she ended up with a musical motif you know, I hesitate to call it a theme, although I guess it is. It's used that way. Yeah. Which follows her around in the movie where it's like, you know, it's, it's weighty. It's... Announces her presence. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of in a way like Jaws does or yeah, something. Yeah. But it's not, it's not necessarily threatening. It's just more, it's, it's almost like threatened, threatening boredom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 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 you know what that teacher is. Yeah. When it's like they get out the 600 page history book and they start talking about borders in World War II and how they yeah. changed every day. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> this is not what a fifth grader wants to be thinking about. And so, right. so it's almost, how do we play a oppressive boredom? <laughs> what does that sound like musically? And, and not make it, like I was talking about earlier, not make it comedy music, not right. make it totally a gag. It's more like, how do we enhance this character with, yeah. this, with this? So yeah. when you uh, when you were kind of like creating your sound palette for Leo, like uh, were there certain instruments that you wanted to go mm -hmm. towards or certain instruments you want to stay away from that were too, too goofy or too comical that would maybe distract? Right. So like I'm curious. It's like, funny you use that word goofy because that was one of the words when Adam didn't like something, he'd mm. say, it's too goofy. Wow. And, right? Because yeah. it's like, we're not, we're, you know, don't goof. Yeah. Right. And that was a really interesting thing because it also means different things to different people. Right. You know, we did 
and a frantic oompa music, which to me might be goofy, but it's in the movie. So yeah. in that moment it plays. But coming, you know, um, instruments, let me just think. There was something about, especially starting with the escape, that brought me to that, like, kind of 60s and 70s heist movie yeah, thing, yeah. you know, and I immediately thought saxophones and just jazzy guitars kind of, you know, yeah, exactly. Lalo type stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that, and, and like, I'll go there whenever I can. Yeah. So maybe it was just an excuse, but it was, it was the right thing. You know, that's what made it sort of, um, mission impossibly, but without being, you know what I mean? Without being too on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is the gag. You yeah. Know? And so, so it started there and then, you know, you get led into, vibraphones obviously there's going to be an orchestra we're going to have you know um, plucky things guitars and stuff like that yeah but it, but the world is so colorful and so um it, it really absorbs whatever you put on it right you know and and then we end up in the in the everglades which are very jungly in our movie so the music's very jungly yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so there's there's something to that where there's like a you know there's a I, I always love those 60s exotica records. Yeah. Escaval and Martin Denny and Les Baxter and all of the, those albums that are, because they're not, how do I put it? it? They're not authentic. They're like, like they'll be in, uh, is it because it's called Forbidden Island and it'll yeah. be, what we think a forbidden island might sound like, it's right? It's genuine but not authentic. It's like genuine from the it's artistic. It's genuine but like, not authentic. Yeah, right? from the it, storyteller's perspective, right? The musician's it, perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and that was what I was like because there's these yeah. very interesting choices of like instruments you don't normally hear, very carefully recorded, very right. carefully arranged, and but at the end of the day, it's built on a kind of a strange idea, right? Yeah. That to me was how the Everglades are in this in this movie. It's like to Leo. He's never been there. He doesn't know what it actually looks like. He doesn't know what it's really going to be like when he gets there. He has a dream. And so there's this kind of like imprint, like a kind of an imprint of what he thinks the Everglades are going to be. Yeah. That's what the music is. And, you know, it reminds me of, I don't know why I thought of it, but in Team America, when, <laughs> when, when they show Paris. Yeah. There's like, I, I feel like we've talked about this before. I don't know. But I always remember this. There's like the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre and the, and the, and the, pavement is made and it's like it's actually the stones are little croissants you know and it's like this has nothing to do with like the, the eiffel tower and the louvre are not next to each other right. and the arc de triumph is not right next yeah to <laughs> but it is in the movie because it's like this is what we have like this bizarre idea if we've yeah. never been to paris that this is what yeah it's there's a baguette like. there's a mime you know it's just like <laughs> it's yeah. mime. exactly it's exactly that and, and i'm sure the score i'm sure harry score had like some very kind of you know french sounding like <laughs> i bet i, I, I don't but it's, that's, yeah. the, that's what it reminded me of a little bit like yeah. this is the everglades but it's not really the everglades you know this right. is what he thinks it is and so we get i gave him this sort of <laughs> and of course, by the time he gets there, there's all the party animals for that have been released from Jada's party, and they've yeah. they've sort of sh set up like almost like like a Lord of the Flies community out there, but 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 a happy one still. <laughs> and it's it's just it gets it gets absurd. It yeah, gets as absurd as a Conan O'Brien. I mean, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, were those re were those review like when you were reviewing everything with the director? Like, most, most, those most fun like presentation. Yeah. Like, yeah, to just like see what works and the conversations of how to make it work and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the thing that always gets reiterated every time I do anything with music is subtle is difficult. Yeah. And. What's the opposite of subtle? Obvious, just, overt, yeah, like is bombastic or whatever. Yeah, much <laughs> easier. Like all of the action cues, there's a lot of version ones of yeah. action music. But then if you go back to looking at the stuff in the classroom or just even, uh, tiny flashback cues or little connections with um, Leo and Eli, for instance, you know, there was a lot of iterating and not yeah. not just generated by the directors and Adam, but by me, by going like, well, hang on a second. You know, right. Wait, wait, Maybe this is, maybe it's a pacing thing. Maybe, you know, there's so much you can try that can make the, that can make it um, better. And it also, it has such a cumulative effect too. So yeah. it's like, you can watch the movie and go, well, the last time when we got to, um, you know, whatever, such and such kid's house, it felt more warm than it did before but that music didn't change and that's because something changed earlier and yeah. now we have contrast issue and you know it really is interesting and i love that kind of um 
architectural. Yeah, I mean that's the story because yeah, action. I feel like it's funny. I, I always remember when Hans Hans did some interview when Inception came out, and everyone's like, you know, raving about the bomb uh, yeah, bombasta yeah. track, and he's like, yeah. I wrote that in one night. Like that was right. like the easy one. Right. And then everything right. else was the hardest part. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it it's like surprise me. Yeah. So it's like so I'm curious. Uh, was there any uh, on, on the whole film? Was there like a sequence that you really kind of really gravitated toward that you look back on and that's like a personal favorite of yours? And there's one that's like maybe a very challenging sequence that you had to really tackle that really kind of took extra, you know, thought and extra sure. like process to, sure. to get, get it done. Um, let's see favorites for me. I, I loved Eli and, and Leo bonding. That's mm -hmm. Eli's the, the drone kid. Yeah. He, he gets, he gets, you know, he's like literally helicopter parenting. I love that, <laughs> that gag. <laughs> the drone is hovering over him, even in class, like he combs his hair in, the, in between test questions. <laughs> By the time Leo kind of convinces him to break up with the drone, which leads to one of the greatest songs in the movie, the Dear Drone Letter, yeah. then um, they get they go outside and play and they have their little connection and Eli goes outside without his safety suit and everything. <laughs> it's a big day for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's, it was just such a sweet and innocent moment. Actually, um, brought me to the kind of Timothy Green space where it's like, yeah. well, there's a difference between naive and genuine, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and and it can be both, but genuine is the is the key. You know, yeah, that's the that's the the thing. And you do that. I think you do that so well because I think yeah. Timothy Green was so it's a beautiful score and same with Christopher Robin I think there's like right. very like kind of the cousins of in terms of like tone and stuff like yeah. that yeah 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 and I think that's always going to be a part of what uh, some of the things that I do because um how, how do I put it I, I have a pr I actually have a pretty high tolerance for like sentimental me too music. like some people are like oh this is too schmaltzy or too like melodramatic and I'm like I'm syruping on pour it like I'm a right, pancake stack right, you know right but but at the same time I'm somehow able to do it in a way where I you know yeah, I, where I, I typically don't cross the where line where it works for everybody you know someone That's who might be like oh this is really too much for me whereas someone right. who's like ready to just give themselves up to this movie and just like that's what yeah. it is it's a, it's a kind of like a, a commitment to yeah. to what the movie what the movie is telling you it wants to be and right. that, that scene is not actually not comedic it's really beautiful and yeah. genuine okay eli made a friend it's a lizard but in this world this is you know yeah. this, <laughs> this is what you do and um and it's you know it's taking it seriously. That's yeah. that's really what it is. Um, so that's one. Of, I guess it stands out. Challenges. I mean, may, maybe it's just me, but everything's challenging. <laughs> I, I I feel like if um, you know, I am like Hans. Every once in a while, I do write a cue in one night, and the action stuff went down pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, I don't find writing music ever to be that easy. Yeah. So we're talking about sentimental music and 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 high tolerance for it. So I'm curious for you. Yeah. Because I remember what I what I grew up with in terms of animation. I'm just rubbing again. Whoops. Um, I grew up. One of my favorite films was Land Before Time with okay. James Horner's score, and that was very heavily sentimental, but also very real and dark. So I'm curious. And he just laid it on hard. So I'm right. curious. Was it, what did you grow up listening to that you that, right. do you remember anything that left an imprint for you that well, was overly sentimental? More that... recent. You say Casper. You say oh, James Horner, and I think of Casper, which is a. I mean, I just love that score. But actually, that that came into my life later. Yeah. Um, growing up, well, Willy Wonka was yeah. you know was my first. I, you know, I still look back at that and it kind of point to it as like one of the main reasons I became a composer. That's amazing. Um, because and it. I mean, pure imagination, forget it. Yeah. It's, it's a great song. But it actually does that thing because I, I I'm not sure that it reads as sentimental. I guess that's what At it is. At the end, just, I think it is. But like, yeah. but it, I, it was funny because with the new one coming out, a lot of people were kind of talking about the old, the original. And I yeah. always forget that, that that crew of filmmakers was just like, there were documentary filmmakers. They had never done anything like that before. Oh, like all yeah. these British, like, uh, um, and it was just like, so and because you, the way it's shot though and you look at the sets the sets are just like they just they're beautiful on camera but they were just piecing things together they right. had no experience they're right. just kind of it's just a very low budget kind of way of doing right. it right. and it worked and it that's worked why great. there's that crazy you know riverboat sequence yeah where it's just like what and it's like yeah that's we're <laughs> leaving that in yeah. i mean it's, yeah that's the thing it's like the like to me the those 
they're so elegantly written. It's like, yeah. do you, we're going in, into like Henry Mancini territory almost where yeah. it's like, you know, it's, it's so elegantly written that it's undeniably beautiful and right. But it's and, big and romantic and yeah. And it, it kind of somehow doesn't cross the line to being yeah. too much, not for me anyway. And so that's, that's something, the kind of music that I, that I grew up listening to. I mean, there's also the obvious. I was a Star Wars kid. I was yeah. an Indiana Jones kid. Um, I was a Back to the Future kid. You know, so those, like, the, the big ones, those are also touchstones for me. Um, but I guess just because we're talking about, you know, this this kind of music, it, it's really Wonka. Stand By Me as a film oh, kind of works in the yeah. similar way. And that breaks me every time I watch oh, it. Like, so, you know. I just watched it recently, and it's yeah. still so good. I did. Yeah, last year I watched it. When the 4K yeah. came out, I bought it, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's just, yeah. <laughs> right. Did you man Did you go through all 17 of The Land Before Times? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I heard at the end, it catches up to time. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. There's little it's the land finally... at time. No, the, the asteroid hit. So they ended like the dinosaur. <laughs> Is that really what happens? That would be amazing. Well, they, at the they that's how they end the the dinosaur TV series with the Jim Henson one. You remember? Oh, that's but, right. That's how it ends with them all dying. Fantastic. That was the series finale. Courage, man. I'm telling yeah. you, Henson was darker than people think. I mean, oh no, it's not mean, just the Dark Crystal. <laughs> yeah, Dark Crystal, but Labyrinth, and yeah, I mean other stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love. Uh, I love that kind of when you just go all in on the emotions and it works. You know, you can, if it doesn't, and that's, that's where the trick, the tricky part comes. It has to work with the picture. It has to work right. with the characters because right. if there's a disconnect anywhere, mm. then it becomes, you know. Uh, so I'm curious with Leo, was there, um, you, you always talked about finding the line and going mm. over it and coming back. Um, when, it, when it came to spotting the film, where was there, did, was it obvious where music needed to be and where it where you shouldn't? Because I know sometimes the animation, it's like, let's go wall to wall. Let's make as much right. music as you can. So right. when was it, like you mentioned, I think one scene that, you know, just for that scene, we had to pull the music back because it worked that way. So I'm curious, was there any other obvious places where like, let's pull it back? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I think it was, it, that was sort of less um, difficult than other movies now that you mention it. It was sort of, I don't know why it is, but it was almost sort of obvious where yeah. the music should be. I, like, I never tried any music over the door opening when Malkin came in because it was yeah. just like, no, that works. And we all knew it worked. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there were, there really weren't spots where we had a cue but didn't use it. I'm I really am trying to think if that ever happened. Um, I mean, little tiny interstitials that I yeah. added that I felt needed to be there that, um, that we, they kept. Yeah. Um, that happened in a few spots, but we we didn't really have a formal spotting session either. It was really more like, you know, yeah. here's a movie, just start going. And there was, I don't think there was ever uh, like a rolling conversation about should we have music here or there. It, 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 I don't know why, but maybe in animation it is a little more obvious. It's almost preordained because... Because they've already probably worked through a lot of stuff getting to that point. And this, it's all designed a certain way. Like, yeah. you know, if you film... If you if you do a live action movie, then things change and and, and yeah. evolve and think you know end up being a little different and then the edit changes things and all that. With animation, it's it's all happening concurrently. So by the time it comes to me, the scene's pretty well designed. Yeah, and I was just thinking about it because even this other movie I scored this year called Ten Lives Animated, no spotting challenges. Rango, no spotting challenges. I mean, I've done I don't know. I, well, they probably are editing to a lot of probably temp music just to get the yeah, structure and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also, and and that doesn't always inform what's in the movie, sure. but it but it often informs where it comes in and out. And, yeah. and you know, we definitely sat you know with, with versions of cues going. Well, should it stop three frames earlier? Should it linger? Should the tail be longer? You know, yeah. those things were all worked on. Um, but just kind of. Uh, I don't know, organically, I guess, as the piece was written and not to conform it to yeah. some early idea or something in the temp, but more just as now that we're here, you know, maybe yeah. this can blur out. And there, there's even because it's animation and we have like there's a wipe in one part that the wipe actually mutes the music. It does, There's not even a tail. It's just a cut. You know? Yeah. And that worked actually well. It was kind of more of a visual thing right. snapping out of a flashback or something. But wow. wouldn't often do that in live action unless you're aiming to you know, make it feel like it's animated it's yeah yeah i mean you 
I mean, you mentioned live action. I know I've just, you hear the, just the, how difficult it is with picture changes and stuff like that, especially with action movies and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, with animation, once you got to the locked picture, was there a lot of changes with Leo or is it just no. pretty, it's pretty set, right? It's pretty set. Yeah. It, very much so, actually. And there were things like in, um, because the the action sequences at the end, like on with the bus and everything, those were animated last, and so yeah. there used to be you know more cutbacks of Malkin's Malkin kind of falls out of the bus, she almost gets hit by a stop sign, mm. and there used to be more cutbacks, and it was like oh you know now that we have it we don't need so much of that, so that's short. But that, I mean I'm talking about one trim, you know if it's a pirates movie that trim yeah. happens every day across yeah. every scene, right? <laughs> you know you're just yeah. scrambling pretty much to because we just finished a movie uh, at Cartoon Network. Uh, um, Craig, the Craig Before the Creek movie, and I remember we are submitting our submissions for like the Annie Awards and stuff like that, and you always have to put the storyboard next to kind of the final picture yeah. for editing and stuff for those categories, and I'm watching kind of how, you know, I love taking the storyboard and watching it next to the final because you, it is very, it's so pretty much close to what yes. it is. There's a few little changes every now and then that doesn't sync up properly, but like, because you have to make it kind of sync up to submit it to oh, the yeah, thing, okay. so you're, sure. you're, you're, you're kind of letting a scene you know adding a few frames to let it like catch up and stuff like that but yeah. the so that but that all happens in the animation process and once you get right. to that work print or lock picture right. it's pretty yeah i think it's pretty yeah, sad, it's, yeah. it's interesting because i i can watch a movie as storyboards and get it but there were a lot of very detailed things that i didn't know were going to be in the final animation yeah. for leo so it was actually such a treat to just Oh, we got new reels. What? What's? What's new? Yeah, yeah. You know, and finding you know little visual gags that don't read as in when it's still frames or one frame per second <laughs> right. or whatever the storyboard <laughs> is, but read really well. You know, every time Squirtle pees, every time you know the drone bursting through the window was a much bigger event when it was animated. Yeah. When it's a storyboard, it's just outside, inside. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's so I couldn't have scored it properly without seeing the animation. It's a really fascinating process, but. Um, but you're right, though, the timing, I mean, the movie is probably within one minute or two minutes yeah. what it was when I watched it as storyboard. Wow. It's really yeah. pretty much on rails. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Well, I mean, you did such a fantastic job with Leo. It's such, it, the, the film is, I mean, everyone loves it and, and, you know, the entire team and the fact that the whole, you know, SNL crew got back together and you got to be part of that. That's just so awesome. <laughs> yes. And, and I even talked to Smigel and he's like, this is the first thing that I've done that everyone agrees is good. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why Triumph might be, or the ambiguously gay duo yeah. cartoons might be offensive to some people. This one, not so much. And you're right, we crossed 100 million views on Netflix yeah. now just a week ago, and it's still going strong. You know, people yeah. have really responded, and, uh, you know, a lot of it is the songs yes, that the songs. Rob yeah. wrote, people connecting to, but it's just such a great... It was really fun to Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, so I mean you also mentioned uh, so you you have another animated film yeah. and that's premiering it's, at Sundance. It's premiering at Sundance, yeah. So which is happening as we speak uh, over this week. week. Yeah, or yeah. in about a week. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, talk to us about this the, the, Sure. Yeah. So that that's a movie called 10 Lives. Um and that it's it's actually fascinatingly different type of animation in mm. that it's you know, it's a story about a cat who cats Obviously, have nine, nine lives. lives yeah. He wastes his ninth life. He's a very spoiled, self-centered cat. Dies, kind of gets a special deal up in heaven that he can come back mm -hmm. for nine more lives, but doesn't know that, didn't read the fine print, he will come back as a different animal for each <laughs> life. So sometimes he's a roach, sometimes he's, a, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's really actually trying to come back and help his mother, who's a human, <laughs> to um, uh, uh, protect... Uh, well, she's researching the cures for like a bee virus. Yeah. And there's an evil corporation involved that is, you know, working against her research. And so he comes back in the guise of nine different animals <laughs> to try to prevent um, the evil corporation from, you know, blocking her essential research. Yeah. That's, that's the heart of the story. But it's very much a uh, we love our pets movie. It's a cute, fuzzy animal yeah. movie in that sense. Um, and it's really... A, beautiful picture about how uh you know i mean i have a cat you know yeah i have two cats yeah <laughs> and it's like and they always and get know killed in the movies as a joke which is always i always no, have, I, I, I know, know. But not in this one but i'm just in general and i think well, it was always one of my biggest tropes where i was just like 
The dog, if it dies, it's tragedy. If the cat yes. dies, it's comedy. <laughs> it's yes, like... I, I remember watching Apocalypse Now in my high school class, and it's exact, the exact same thing. There's a lot of people getting killed in that movie, but then at some point the dog is discovered on the yeah. boat and the whole class melts. I mean, there's a site called Does the Dog Die? Like, there's, there's literally, there is. <laughs> so you can avoid the so movie. So you can avoid it if you don't want to see the dog die. <laughs> but if the cat dies... The dog it's... dies in Secret Window. Yeah. I have a dog die in one of my movies. There's probably Spoiler. More. Well, the cat dies in my movie, but it's a little bit like South Park, where you die every episode. Right, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you come back. But it, no, it, ultimately, it's a, it's, a, it's a love story yes. for our pets, you know, yeah, and how yeah. and how they can sort of love us back, and, and if if only they could talk or right. be, become fish, you know. Yeah. How, it's, it's, and it's really beautiful. And... Um, Let's see. Well, is it like working on something like that that's going to, you know, smaller going to Sundance yeah. versus Leo, which is a Netflix production with Adam Sandler behind it? And like, different. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. was uh, comparing contrast, was the, did you have shorter window to work with? Or did you have less? Um, enough, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, More constraints and stuff like that, I'm sure, like with budget and well, everything. Well, I mean, but... yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a little bit more linear. Of like in that the music isn't stylistically moving around as much. Yeah. So, you know what I mean. There's a, it's acoustic. It's very organic string on ense- orchestra ensemble, but yeah. not a huge one. Um, and and um, when we made it, it was just an independent animated film. We didn't know we were going to get into Sundance. We yeah. just were making a nice movie, beautiful movie. Um, but the schedule was quite a bit shorter. I mean, just to put it into numbers. I th- probably worked on Leo. Eight, seven, or eight months. Wow. Six, six, seven, eight months. It was long stretch. Yeah. And uh, and ten lives was probably ten weeks. Ooh, wow. You know, maybe twelve. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> in fact, it, it was a little concurrent moment where I had like a, you know a rig in my hotel room when I was recording Leo and going home and working with ten lives. <laughs> home, going to the hotel. Yeah. Putting on the headphones. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it, but it was different. It was different because we yeah. weren't like with Leo. It was like. Okay, I have this idea to now we need a big band for these three cues. Okay, let's go hire a big band and yep. you know, um, for Ten Lives it was much more focused. The score is much more. Um, it's not a musical. There's a couple song things, but it's more carried by the score. I would say. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, unashamed to be beautiful. The music, I mean, it's yeah. kind of going back to what we talk about. Yeah, just being unapologetically know? sentimental. And, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's it's it's. I think. I mean, you know, there sometimes there's this trend in film music or or certain writers that that, and I do it too for certain movies. I should be clear, where the score wants to be more ambiguous or transparent, not committed to an yeah. emotion necessarily, so the audience can bring themselves to it or feel yeah. it. Right. Um, Ten Lives isn't necessarily that movie. I think it's more like we know what the audience is going to feel. It's not yeah. so ambiguous. You right. Know, if like, give when... me your hand. We're going to take you on a, on a journey. That's right. Yeah. And so we're, here we are doing like, we're sort of like, we're going to just cradle the audience in whatever yeah. the emotion is. Sometimes it's, it's, it's funny. Sometimes it's the exact same reaction when you watch a cute cat video on your phone. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's incredibly tragic because... Yeah we might be about to experience grief, right? right? So the music can do the, all of that, but not. I'm not so worried about committing. I'm, I'm happy to commit to it when I can. Um, yeah. Plenty of examples of other scores I've done where that's not the right approach, but in this case... Well, I think I've always been a fan of that approach. I hate when people say it's like, oh, the score is, the music is too manipulative. And I was like, but I'm signing up for this. I want to, when I watch a movie, I like to be kind of like, if I want to cry, I want to cry. Like, make me cry. Like, you know, go for it. Like, I mean, do you hear my friend Mark Ronson wins his thing for I Am Ken? And he said, this is the space for boys to cry in this movie. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty genius. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do, it's the same exact thing, you know. I'll say it straight to the camera. We're looking for a reason to cry, so it's okay if we're yeah. if we're willing to give it, right? Yeah. So and and I get it. If I'm not in the mood for that, I'm not going to go to that sure. movie, right? Yeah. And but, everybody is, and no one's at the same emotional state at any given point. So no, like, I know. And and you say the word manipulative, but I'm like, as soon as you put a camera on a tea kettle, you're, it's manipulative. Right. You're telling, you're saying something. Exactly. You know like I mean? everything is decide. You're trying to evoke yeah. an emotion. You're trying to evoke a feel from the lighting to right. the framing to the, the music. The flower pot in the background. Yeah, the costume does everything. I mean, look trying. at all these props. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
We're trying to manipulate the audience that you're in a studio. <laughs> but, it, but it's true. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's I, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't always get that. I mean, I do understand there, there are lines that sometimes when sure. they cross. But I think that's when there's yeah. like a, there, something's not in sync. Like it's not the picture, yeah. maybe there's behind the scenes yeah. drama we don't know about where the director and the, you know, not talking or not doing something. And then yeah. just, you just feel something's off or right. yeah where maybe right. the performance right. is not connecting with the music but when it clicks and everything works it's legitimacy it, it's, yeah it's, whatever it's when it's legitimate yeah when it's legitimate you buy it yeah that's, that's the thing and then 10 lives is a legitimate love story to our pets that's yeah. what it is and it's, it's beautiful and you know and, and and there's more to it than that but it's really it's quite fun and it ends with some big climaxes and you know yeah. it's, it's it's a really fun journey but it's different in in that it's not um like it's not outrageously funny in the way that Leo is designed. Right. It's actually more funny in the way that it's much more down to earth funny. Do yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. there's definitely comedy, um, but it's and it, it's nice and it's got, kind of got a British sensibility to it. It's set in England, and um, some of the you know the 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 villain. There actually is a villain in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's basically a, an over the top Bond <laughs> bad guy, and so you we get to really. You know, lay into that and yeah. I, I, funny enough the baritone guitar appears in both of these movies now that I think about it but very different role right yeah <laughs> so this this one is you know sort of playing that spoof you know yeah. so you hear that guitar and you hear the you know that that kind of language of music yeah that says 60s Bond villain so I don't know what it is about me in the 60s right now but you're just channeling that part, which I love it. I mean, it's in it, it's in your voice, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is in my. That's true. Yeah. It is in my. It's, it's, yeah. I don't know exactly. You know exactly. I'm no, not yeah. trying to. I'm not trying to just do pastiche, but I, right. But I do think it's you know it no, I mean, we're all just sponges. We we we're as storytellers. You look back at what inspired you, and right. everyone's looking. I mean, everyone has. It's impossible not to be influenced by stuff you love. Like it's just right. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, and I love animation, and I love stories that have emotion, and you know. I'm, happy to just be a part of them you know yeah from lizards to, to kitties to lizards to kitties <laughs> sometimes he's a roach yeah sometimes he's a roach <laughs> and uh but yeah so i mean so uh, it's going to sundance to find yeah. a distributor or does it have a distributor yet? well uh, i think they have a worldwide distributor but not you okay. uh, you know what I'm, I'm not sure if i know exactly everything's okay. going they did they yeah. do have distribution uh, outside the U.S., I do know that. Yeah, yeah. But we're premiering there. It's, okay, it's, awesome. Well, yeah. I hope we get to see it in theaters soon. Yeah, I think you will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you will. <laughs> well, uh, moving on, I, I, I want to also touch on Star Citizen, which you've yes. you know been a part of, and uh, for so quite a while. yeah, for quite a while. And I yeah. think the entire community has also been like you know <laughs> yeah. going on this journey too. So talk, give us the the recent yeah, it's, updates. It's yeah, so <laughs> funny. I I actually don't remember. Maybe it was nine years ago. It's been a while. When I started. And, and for fans of the game know, it's, it's sort of two halves. There's the multiplayer game, mm -hmm. which is playable, and that's what everyone's playing now, that I'm not writing the music for. That yeah. Pedro Camacho does a great job of that. Yeah. So all of his work is out in the world, and all of the nine years of work that I've done, which is for Squadron 42, which is our um, the single-player yeah, the campaign, aspect, yeah. is... You know, I, I literally cannot wait for this to come out <laughs> because it's kind of building up and I'm still I'm still writing, you know, yeah. last year we had CitizenCon uh, last year. I mean, a game that's not out has a convention at and fills the L.A. Convention Center for two days. Yeah, is sort of extraordinary. And I went because I knew that we were secretly going to premiere some footage from Squadron 2 yeah. and Chris Roberts, who's the developer, announced, you know, at the event that the game is now feature complete and we're in the polish stage yeah which does not take one week by the way it's there's we're not we're not coming out tomorrow right we, but um it means the game's playable from from top to bottom which means that we you know now we're still writing yeah, yeah. The, the score that that still needs to be written some of it and um we've still got to record it because that'll happen at the end and you know it's it's but it's incredible what he's doing and you know people saw the f some footage of this game yeah. come out and um you know it's a one thing i love about gamers and i am one like i'm a gamer with atari joystick roots yeah yeah I mean? um is we're passionate people about the games we want to play absolutely and this game has a very passionate fan base and yeah. they loved it you know they, they it was like finally we're seeing what it actually looks like we're seeing what mark hamill jillian anderson gary oldman henry cavill in a game yeah you know 
in-engine rendered scenes, you know, and I'm telling you the scope of this story is, I don't think has ever been attempted in video games ever. Yeah. The size of what we're actually doing and, and just the kind of the technology that's advanced in the nine years to even make it possible. I like know. I think Chris I kind of had to wait for the technology to catch up. And I'm sure he's consistently having to go back and change things as the technology is I mean, getting better. Yeah. Because yeah. I've even seen some of the cinematics, you know, in stages from those nine years. Yeah. And you can, they released some of it, you know, you can look at them, kind of the progression yeah. where it is now. And it's absolutely incredible. Oh, they showed some of it at CinemaCon yeah. now that I think of it. Um, but in any case by the looks of it we're going to be around 10 to 16 hours of music for the game wow right all scored <laughs> all layered out there's a lot of um cinematics which is part of telling the story but it's seamless going into and out sure. of gameplay yeah. you know there's no load screens in the game it's pretty incredible what they're able to do um and i you know i'm not allowed to speak much to the story sure. other than to say you know it's it's absolutely astonishing how yeah. deep and varied all the locations are and where we're going and places that are not in the uh, persistent universe yet yeah and it's uh, it's it's yeah i'm very very I'm, excited I, we, I mean I, yeah it's funny we probably it, talked about it in every one of our interviews seriously like when we, i think our first interview we were like oh i'm doing the star citizen <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, but i mean you know it's 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 well let me put it this way it'll be worth waiting for and yeah. in the meantime you know people are already playing have been for many years playing yes the, yeah the, which is a very because the game the game world is such a different you know beast than filmmaking and you know yes. and, it, and it is under the microscope now with all these mergers and um to well, crunch still independent actually. yeah i know it's with well, you guys you're still independent which is yeah. great because we've seen games come out where they deceive kind of the players and the, the whole base gets so angry whether it was like mm-hmm. you know cyberpunk or yeah. that recent um that one was a crazy one it was the day days before something it was kind of like a last of us kind of okay. uh, inspired and it it was promising to be this big MMORPG and they had this test footage that everyone's like, this looks amazing. And they released the game and it was the most uncooked, like half-baked thing. And they literally were like, all right, refunds for everybody. They erased themselves from the internet. Developer took down all their handles, shut down and laid everybody off and just closed down. I was like, wow, I've never seen that before. Right. And it's, it, it's astonishing. I'm just like right? thinking about the people who worked on this thing for that many I years. Know, and know. it's like, it's, you know, I've, yes, the game base is angry, but like, the people who work on this are passionate too. You I know, know. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. It, it's it's a strange world for that with, you know, and it happens in films too. We see them, get, you know, work gets done and then the movie never comes out and yeah. and, and that's a drag and it's and I'm not immune to that either. It's yeah. happened to me. All of us, um, yeah. Th- but that, I guess what I, what I respect about what Chris is doing with Squadron is, well, just simply not allowing that to happen. Yeah. Because, it, you know, absolutely. if someone said you... If there was some reason why he was forced to release this game three years ago, no one will be as happy as when we release the game when it's ready. Exactly. It, I mean, yeah. it's sort of a no-brainer. And but but he has the ability to stick to that because we're independent but well-funded. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's the thing. And, and he's, the fans. I mean, because he's done Kickstarters and he's raised yes. funds and it's and, all crowdfunded. And all crowdfunded. So it's yeah. like it's it is a community, like community project that everyone's kind of yes. part of. And that's amazing that he does the con like to have fans come in and yeah, it's check a another update. Yeah, just to keep them updated, keep them yeah. with new stuff, and of course giving them out you know the multiplayer and everything so it's like yeah. and people forget that 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 10 years seems like a long time but like a Rockstar game or a Bethesda game that takes about the same development right. cycle seven to ten years right usually. you just don't get to play it along the way right they don't just it's just decide behind to closed create doors. a multiplayer yeah. game on the side you know <laughs> yeah exactly it, it's, it's true and yeah. you don't hear about it until the last two years when it gets announced exactly. and even then who you know there's right. there's examples of it not going well so I, I, Chris isn't going to let it not go well that's that's the end of the that's really the yeah. the whole point, and you, you can see it from his sort of track record of the Wing Commander games were in in their time uh, equally innovative, and that's yeah. that's what he's making. So, yeah. you know, it's it's um, yeah, I, I I predict big things for this game. Yeah, I, really I do. I think I mean it's already a big. It's just a big mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, and who knows? Because now that Hollywood is looking at at games, you know. <laughs> Right, Sarsis in the film could be coming. <laughs> well, that's I mean, you know what? That's where I met Chris, though, because he directed Outlander. I'm oh, right. sorry, excuse me. He produced Outlander. Yeah. McCain directed it. Um, but that's how I met Chris. Um, and so I met him as a filmmaker. Yeah. Although, like I said, I'm a gamer. I knew him as a game designer. I remember yeah. going like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna 
that's the same Chris Roberts, right? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> hang on, I'm about to meet, like, you know, boy, I get to meet some of my heroes, don't I? And, and, um, and Outlander was just a whole different beast, but, you know, mm. you can tell, even looking at Wing Commander, that he thinks of video gaming or video game design in a slightly different way. Thanks for the update because we were still, yeah, yeah, I amazing. know, yeah, we'll still wait a little longer. <laughs> yeah, we're, we don't want to rush, yeah, let, what's that? I can't wait to, to dive in because I'm a gamer too and I can't wait yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, to, to kind of wrap up our conversation, sure. um, I usually start with this question, but I think it's good, you know, we've talked so much, it's good to finish it because like, and I think in the past I've always asked you kind of, we get, I like to get a little philosophical about your oh, job boy. and your life and stuff. Oh, so, boy. so take this question. It's a very simple question, but you can take it on the. You can take it at face value. You can have, find deeper meaning behind it. But Jeff Zanelli, what does music mean to you? <laughs> oh wow. Um, I thought of eleven or twelve different answers, and having trouble committing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's it's both a way out and a way in, if that makes sense. It was a way out of a life that I saw ahead of me that I didn't want, mm -hmm. um, and a way into um, I guess get you know getting to share with the world the things that I'm excited about. Yeah, Leo, yeah. Star Citizen, Ten Lives, you know. Mark Hamill, Rob Smigel, you know what I mean? It was a way into, all, all, yeah. all, like, people I never thought I'd get to ever have a conversation with yeah. that are so inspiring. Um, and, and uh, you know, the older I get, the more I sort of realized the, the, it was a way out part was pretty important to me, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, which is not to say that I couldn't have been happy, you know, doing taxes in another timeline or right. laundering taxes and yeah, you yeah. know what I mean <laughs> there's something beautiful about that too but uh, I it's pretty exciting what I get to do yeah. right and it's not lost on me that 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 it's unique yeah when my father's deaf he can't he couldn't do it he couldn't hear you know yeah. um, so it's like uh, I don't know it's it's wrapped up in it, it's such a gift, actually, I, I think, just to even be able to hear music, the, the, the fact I actually get to do it is mm. even more, I don't know, you know. You said philosophical, but you got pretentious. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, it, like, but this, but it, don't it, get pretentious. <laughs> get pretentious. Get like I, I love. I want to talk about art again because I feel like when everyone says yeah, art, it's people getting, are like, oh, it's too no, pretentious. It's, oh, it's getting it's so like, lost. But it, it's like we it's, lost it. Oh. It became so consumer centric and so and and the way our, our industry is going, I think like we need to talk about that more. We no, need to talk about why humans want to do this for a living. Hundred yeah. percent. And because I'm hearing words like content and product, and, yeah. you know, and 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 I've even caught myself using them and going oh because that's how we, no. we work in the studio system that's it's, how they describe it it's so. not great no. and it, it's like a whole it's not at all the reason and yeah. like i no you're so right and 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 you have and we haven't not that i want to talk about it but there's this whole like ai conversation sure. royalties conversation the business screaming side of it, yeah. and blah 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 and it's all like noise mm -hmm. in the way of what we're actually trying to do, yes. which is literally, yeah. we're having a conversation, but when I write music, I'm having that conversation with the hundred million viewers who yeah. watched Leo. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, I, I, I don't know what the royalties are going to be. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's I cer the, certainly didn't know when I wrote yeah. it. Like <laughs> I thought maybe 10 people will watch this, yeah. not a hundred million. So, you know, it's, 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 so the wrong approach and some of it and it really i guess just to be honest you kind of touched a nerve when you said that a little it, it frustrates me a little to yeah. see like you know there was the streaming bubble, streaming bubble which I burst, think, yeah. yeah and i get that but and what it what it did with the good thing that it did was that it meant that there were so many things that you could now write music for that a yes. lot of new people got to come into the fold right that's great and there was so much new storytelling right. and new different storytelling right. and it wasn't just the same revenge story right. or rom-com just you know right you know. but the problem is that it also was still sometimes yes. the same one and so that's yeah. where the issue is and and i think it generated a, a period that i don't think we're going to look at so fondly if we take it as a whole yeah. of, I mean, you know, 
the great things that were made during that bubble will remain great and they'll be the things we remember like like any decade of filmmaking yes, of it's course. the same thing yeah. we, we remember the ones that were great and occasionally we can go back and find a gem and i think that's what we're going to see here too you know and, and audiences will always i think pull out the the the, the ones that that stand the test of time i don't yeah. i look back at the 60s and 70s and have my favorite films I, i'm not look i don't know what the politics of the studios were back then right. or right. Uh, the deals going on and you know how much they got paid exactly because i was growing yeah. up in maryland i didn't know any of that stuff i was right. finding stuff in film school and I'm like oh my this is cool but this rosemary's is, baby is yeah, great yeah, images like, is a great movie yeah. but yeah exactly yeah, i grew up right. on you know, leone westerns right. and like stuff it's just like that's like, yeah I, i'm sure there was so much drama and crazy crap going on all the yeah. time throughout film history I'll bet. but yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know we're. I know this is a seismic shift, and we're living it, so it feels so significant because we're in it. But um, yeah. um, I'm hopeful for the future. I think. Oh, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much an optimist. Yes. And, and but I'm also, you know, weathering what. Yes. A certain type of storm. Sure. We all are. Yeah. Um, but I'm very much an optimist. In fact, like that, you know. We, this is a little outside the scope of what we're talking about, but yeah. there's been all this talk about royalty rates and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like I'm the last remaining optimist. I, I remember when cable was being born and all of a sudden there were 200 channels yeah. and everyone was going, why are the royalties so low? And then five years later, people were making a living doing it. Yes. So it's just like, it's, I've seen this already. Yeah. I know what this is. Yeah, I mean, streaming will become cable. Let it give it time to relax. figure itself out. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's and, it'll and work gonna, out the kinks. Yeah, and then that, and now all of the streamers are doing the right thing and saying, let's make less better movies. Yes. Right, or shows or whatever. Quality over quantity, right. essentially. And that's going to be a good thing, too. Yes. So it's all going to be fine, yeah. guys. The, bu the budgets, <laughs> uh, hopefully the budgets come down. We get that middle class of movies back yeah, yeah, again, the yeah. mid-budget range. I lived in there for a while. It's great. I love just a good $80 million movie. It doesn't need to yes, make $300 million and make a billion to be successful. So, right. and we'll see. You know, I think I think video games will be the next frontier. I think we've seen some they great adaptations yep. uh, for, yep. for film. Oh, yes. Yeah, for film. yeah, but video games itself also has always been the best i mean right storytelling people i mean it's the most successful genre from like film and tv and right. music combined uh, yes. in terms of like gross and everything and yeah. people being in it but i think hollywood now looking at video games again in a more a better light versus like what well, can you grew up with these like kind of knockoff like adaptations yeah. when they didn't care about it but now right. people care about it and the fans it's, care about it and different. i think yes, storytellers right. are taking it seriously this they time. totally yeah. are and and don't neglect what the writers of the actual video games are like too yes. because they're they're listen to what they have this oh, they're so interesting I mean, stuff to craft something like that that spans Baldur's gate how do you do oh it? yeah i don't know how you write that it's insane because it's a thousand stories and each player is only going to play 10 of them exactly it's amazing that's crazy it's amazing. <laughs> yeah anyway. well yeah well jeff thank you so much for your time it was yeah. so great to dive back into your world and thank you. uh, be back here in your studio and uh yeah <laughs> it's great to see you again i appreciate it thank you Absolutely.